You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Uh, we're going to be talking about some more press availability today. Terry Rozier spoke with the media before this recording. I got to listen to Terry Rozier speak with media. So we'll talk about that leading off. We'll also get to um, some of the leftovers from the comments made by Mitch Kupchak. James it's the Perrego. holidays, folks. We all love leftovers right around the holidays. Right, Walker? <laughs> yeah. Is it is it time now to stop eating your Thanksgiving Day leftovers? Like, yes. is, is today the last day or was yeah, yesterday today- the last day? Monday was really your last day. Monday was really, if you chance anything, it better be some like cold sweet potato pie. Or if you are of the, um, if you lack the flavor functions in your tongue, you're getting some pumpkin pie. But um, I thought you were going to say, if you lack the pigment in your skin, then you might go with pumpkin pie. I thought you might be saying that. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm not going to attack folks for having inferior taste buds (laughs) by, by race. That would be mean. Saying that you lack the taste buds, that's accurate, though. That's you accurate. can't fault me for thinking that's where you were going, though. Like, I no, really no, thought no, you were no. going there. No, exactly. We do entirely too much to America stuff on this podcast for me. For, <laughs> for Again, it's a justified assumption right there. Um, it really is. And so, yes, I do agree with you. Like, now... I might have chanced it yesterday, but now I'm just like, I can't. And, and even with, even if they were entirely okay, I open up the fridge and cause I have some stuffing left and I look at that and I think, you know, even if it's perfectly good in my brain, it's already passed, which means I'm not going to be able to enjoy this meal. And so I just need to throw it out. Yeah. And it, I'm just not going to be able to fully enjoy it, even if it is still good enough to eat. So yes, the leftovers from yesterday's comments from Mitch, Gordon, James. We'll get to all of that. That was weird that I called him James. We'll say JB from yeah. all of those guys. Um, we'll get to those later on in the show as well. Let's start with Terry Rogier. And the first thing I want to say about Terry and, uh, and, and say this to you, Nada, is that I feel bad for wanting to kick him out of town. You and should. I apologize to Terry. Um, look, everything that I said is still logical. Everything that I said still rings true. I would love to free up the minutes for a really young backcourt because there's a lot of guys that handle the basketball that have a better chance of being here long-term, in my opinion, than than Terry does, at least being a bigger part of it, right? Like, I I don't know what Terry Rozier's future looks like beyond this contract. I don't know how tradable he is right now. You know, whatever the future holds for him. I'll say this. Anytime I hear that dude talk or read his comments Anytime I just see him interact with everyone, I love Terry. (laughs) I mean, I really do. And I, there's the human element to this of, you know, feeling bad for wanting Terry to go out, you know, like I've defended Terry, you know, I've criticized him, whatever. I feel like I've been fair, but like with Terry and having this press press availability, man, he just, he says all the right things. And I think what's interesting about Terry too, is we had been told the things 180 degrees from what his mm-hmm. actual personality has been here 
uh, it you know Terry goes on some you know network television show, some sports debate show, and talks a little bit about how bad the chemistry was in that locker room, and you know saying how much he had to sacrifice. You know, ta- I always reference my conversation with Locked On Celtics host John Corrales, who said, "Yeah, you know Terry, you know, expects some things here and there. He can be, you know, and I think Rick has said this word before that he was described as moody. Man, he's been every he's been anything but moody." And it just seems like someone, he talked about his role today, legitimately buying into his role with the team, you know, being extremely accommodating for a guy like Devontae. And while I don't, while I want to appropriately praise him for that, I don't want to go overboard. And I've said that a million times, but also, you know, it just seems like Terry is a really good dude, a really good Mm -hmm. teammate. And when Mm -hmm. we talk about mentorship, if you would have said before Terry signed that contract with the Hornets, that, hey, one of the benefits from Terry is that you actually do have a strong, good personality in the locker room to groom these young guys. I don't think anyone was giving you that analysis. And I would absolutely say that's a benefit from having Terry in this locker room. So, you know, look, I still would have rather have moved off of Terry's contract and freed up the minutes for these young guys. But having Terry Rozier on your team certainly from a personality standpoint, just even forgetting about the basketball stuff, you know, and even a little bit on the court, right? Like the mentorship, I think it's strong with Terry. And uh, I I just always enjoy listening to Terry speak. Like, here's the thing. Cause I was looking up, looking this up for a story I was doing for um, the day job. And I, I, it's like Bismack Biombo, Terry Rozier. um, I think Gordon Hayward's one, I think. And Cody Zeller there are four guys that have like five years or more experience in the NBA on this roster. You need grownups young again, young does not win in this league. And I understand that we're not expecting to win, but at the same time, you can't have these kids out there developing and learning bad habits. So you're always going to need a grown up in the room. So when we have these conversations about Terry Rozier and what his role is and how we would like to free up these minutes, we also have to consider that, hey, maybe it might be better for some of these kids to not necessarily learn on the big club. Now, we don't know what the particulars of the G League are going to be, but we know that there's going to be a G League of some form or fashion. There's that. There's that opportunity to go put them down there in a possible G League bubble. And after that, go and then learn with the big club towards the end of the season. Because, again, as we've as uh, something that I don't think we mentioned nearly enough, Mitch and James Borrego both dodged the playoff question. They dodged that discussion real quick. So this, <laughs> yeah. th- so this is not a team that is expected to, or at least from what it sounds like to me, this does not sound like a team that is expected to compete for the top ten slots in the in the East this year. They're expected to compete and to de- develop. So if we're going to have that conversation about competing and developing, then how better not how if we're going to do that, then why not have someone like Terry Rozier who's going to help you get better and teach you got teach the guys the ropes and the role, especially if he wants to be more of a leader, which is something I think he said during his presser today. Yeah, he did. Um, that was at the end of the presser saying because you know, he had made comments about that before that it's time to be a little bit more of a leader with this team rather than the new guy. And Terry also acknowledged how much more important it is to have leadership among players and have messages come from players 
rather than just the coach because it's the players actually out there doing all of the physical work in order to win or lose you games. And while the coach is out there kind of orchestrating everything, he's doing it from the sideline. He's not doing the battle stuff. And so I thought Terry put it pretty well when he said it doesn't mean that the player's message is more important. He was uh, he acknowledged that, that he said it, it doesn't mean that the player's message is more important. It, it might be as important. It might be, you know, having some leadership come from those players. It really does matter. And just a couple of other things real quickly, uh, quickly before we go to the leftovers um, from yesterday. He talked about LaMelo Ball, of course, fielded quite a bit of questions there. He said he knew LaMelo Ball before he actually, you know, they had kind of reached out to each other a few years ago, way before. Mm. Uh, he was a member of the Charlotte Hornets, and he said he was excited to work with them, acknowledge some of the strengths of LaMelo Ball's play. He says you're going to get to know him personally over the next week or so and build their relationship even further from there. So pretty cool from Terry. Um, I believe also Rick asked him about how he'll mesh on the court with a LaMelo Ball and a Devontae Graham and uh, how Terry coming in last year, he was the only established point guard. Devontae quickly came up as a point guard within the first 10 games of the season. But going into the year, Terry had this pre preconceived notion and deservedly so he was the guy. He was yeah. going to be the main ball handler. He was going to be the point guard. Now you've got three. Now you've got Devontae that's going to handle the ball a lot and certainly LaMelo um, and, and, and so Terry adapted, became a really good catch and shoot guy. Those numbers were very good. And he discussed just trying to figure out what role I can have on this team that helps them the most. You know, that's what I found last year. He said, you know, three point guards is better than one, right? Like if you have just one, then of course, you know, you're really limited now that you got three playmakers out there on the court, it really helps them. So, you know, I just thought Terry, um, you know, once again, you know, just, just, it, it's not like he gave you a ton of substance. Oh my God. I can't believe he said this. I just leave press conferences with Terry Rozier liking him more than I did before. And that's a frequent thing when I hear him talk. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I guess where I'm at, and this is where I have the issue with it because I understand why everybody wants to necessarily move him out, but this guy wanted to be here. I have a hard time especially considering everything we know about free agency in Charlotte, this guy chose to be here. And instead of being like, okay, we should be kind. I'm not saying we should, a fan should be grateful or anything else like that, but I'm saying let's not push the guys that actually want to be in the city that want to be a part of the city that want to participate in the city. Let's not be so quick to push them out of the door because it's a really, really horrible look going forward. That's all. I all mean. right. One thing uh, you'll also like every single time that you experience it, it's Built Bar because they have 18 amazing flavors. Not only do they have the 12 original flavors, but they have the six new delicious flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and they're easy to chew. Uh, best of all, not only are they delicious, but they're great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat and they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. You can get a free cooler with your purchase too while supplies last. You go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's get to the other comments we did not mention yesterday from Mitch Kupchak and James Brago coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there and then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good, but it just it'll it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Coming up later this week on the Locked on Hornets podcast, PJ Washington and Devontae Graham are going to speak with media later this afternoon. We're recording this really at 12, kind of getting things started. So they're going to be speaking with media later on. We'll get to those comments with Thursday's episode. So make sure you come back and check our comments on what PJ and Devontae had to say. Both two very intriguing players heading into the season. So going to be some good content there for you. And speaking of PJ Washington, you know, we already discussed him playing a lot more five. I thought that mm-hmm. that, that was a, uh, a a big topic of discussion for us yesterday. Not a, just you know, what the kind of starting lineup might be, you know, something yes. I hadn't given a ton of thought to was if Cody would ever not be the starting five because PJ might, and, and like, would you ever open up your game plan, open up each contest with somebody that small playing the five immediately? Or is that just something where PJ might play a lot of minutes there, but it's still Cody starting at the five. You know, I thought that was um, certainly interesting. And uh, you know, one thing about PJ too is I I think I I don't, I, I hate, focusing on this so much because we just did it with Terry Rozier. We've done this with PJ, but um, you know, James Brago mentioned this in a Q and a with Rick just discussing. He hopes whatever rookie comes into this organization before the NBA draft, he was talking about this. He hopes that they're like PJ and not only picking up things so well, but you know, coming in, working extremely hard and, you know, just being so open to everything that it takes to be to learn the game of basketball in the association. And we got a little taste of that from Mitch Kupchak's story on LaMelo Ball, which I thought was interesting. We really didn't get to this yesterday. So um, Mitch Kupchak said, you know, the day after the draft, yes. LaMelo and Mitch, they had dinner with other Hornets executives within the organization some local establishment here in town and at 9 PM. So right at the end of dinner time, LaMelo asked Mitch if there was a place that he could go shoot. So Mitch Kupchak was saying that they found a facility. They allowed LaMelo to shoot and he stayed there basically till midnight, uh, shooting the basketball, just putting up shots and working out. And, uh, and then after that, you know, that's when finally LaMelo decided to call it quits. And, you know, Mitch was kind of joking, you know, it was 30 minutes from my bedtime after dinner. It's about that <laughs> exactly. time for me. And here's LaMelo asking to shoot. And, you know, this, this is something that is, look, you could be a cynic, roll your eyes and say, of course, it's going to be the honeymoon phase. A team took mm-hmm. a chance on you. You've got these good feelings. You want to show them how much of a work ethic you have. And so that's the kind of question you ask. Okay, whatever, right? Like, fine. You know, I'm sure that could be possible. But everything we've heard about LaMelo has been that he loves the game. Yeah. We've heard that LaMelo is a high energy guy. You know, the, the things that we've heard with any kind of criticism towards LaMelo and his personality or character, it's one been either dad related or it's been that his interviews weren't great. And, you know, it, you know, Jonathan Gavoni of ESPN never even bought that anyway. It's like, yeah, sure. Like his interviews, they don't have a lot of substance. He definitely is not giving you a ton of substance. He's not saying a bunch of things, but it's not like it's it's not like he comes off as indifferent you know it seems exactly. like somebody that cares so like it's just it's a, it's another thing where if you were criticizing drafting a player like lamello because you're worried about the kind of character he brings to a very strong locker room that has been that way for a long time this only enha- it not only does it not affect that it enhances that i think with some of the things we've seen from lamello no it absolutely does like the one thing that, like, all the stories that I've ever heard that didn't involve his father were about how much LaMelo loved the game. And if we're going to continue going down this path, 
if he loves this game this much and he wants to be good and he's in the gym literally on day one, not even a contract signed yet. So they go and prep the gym. They prep the training center because that, I'm, I'm assuming that's when he filmed that video where he did the um, off the glass dunk. Right. But as far as that goes, I'm like the fact that they went, got the gym ready. He was in there till midnight, 1230. I'm thinking to myself, that's the kind of kid that you want because that's the type of doesn't he fit all the pillars that Borrego has said have, have been around or that they were starting. This fits all four of the pillars. The only did thing- you bring up the pillars? I know you did not just bring up the pillars. I'm not doing this again, Nada. I'm not going <laughs> to the pillars one more year. We did that last year too James many times. Bro- if oh god, Borrego I know James Borrego did pillow, bring it up. Right? Pillars. Yeah, you're right. He said he's, he even said it. He said pillars 2.0 in, the, in yesterday's press conference. Oh, so no. technically, I didn't bring it up. He did blame JB. I- I, I am going to blame JB. And it's so funny because JB is kind of a savvy guy. I, yeah. I, I like JB too, just because like, he seems like kind of a charming kind of seems, you know, he'll joke around with you and he brings up the pillars and it's like, you know, he knows it, it falls upon deaf ears to some degree. Like yeah. if you just keep saying it, but it's just a, it's just a nice little default answer to go to when you have to talk about whether it's playoffs, whether it's any kind of goals that, you know, involve wins or losses going into the season, you know, JB knows what he's doing and it's hilarious, but I'm not doing this again. We're not going to be discussing the pillars of the organization here real quickly, continuing to talk about LaMelo. When I was typing some stuff in for the Google drive that we can both see, I found myself just wanting to call him Melo, which leads to the question that has been circulating on Twitter. Is it okay to call LaMelo ball mellow? Or are we really trying to strictly reserve that for Carmelo and only Carmelo? One's a hall of famer. One isn't. Leave it at that. Okay. Yes. Here's my thing though. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody's name is John, we get to call the other person John too, right? Like, it's not like it's the only person with the same name as someone just because someone has a nickname of mellow. Can we not give LaMelo the kind of same shortened name? Uh, I'm going to call him mellow. I think I came to that conclusion. I will be calling LaMelo ball. I am putting my foot. I'm putting my flag firmly in the mellow ground. I will be referring to him with no disrespect to Carmelo whatsoever. I will be referring to LaMelo as mellow because it's easier. And you know what? He's ours. And Mellow just sounds cool. LaMelo Ball, you are now Mellow Ball here on the line. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. We're not, declared you know we're not doing it. You know why we're not doing that? So let's say there's some famous guy named LJ that comes comes to town. So we're going to give that <laughs> LJ nick- nickname up? We're going to give Grandma Ma up? Uh, LJ is a little no. different because no, he was not. already a Hornet. No, uh, it's not. It's we don't not. have to give him Grandma Ma. Like, we can call him something else. I'm calling him Mellow. So... Shall it be written? Shall it be done? His blasphemy. Mellow ball. One more segment to go here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League, comma, a Euro step into a windmill during a game, end of comma, could put him on the radar of a radar. (laughs) Radar? All NBA. Yeah, on the radar. On the radar of (laughs) all NBA fans as a nightly highlight producer. Yeah. Charlotte, you're Charlotte coming out there. Yeah, I'm from I'm from uh, Catawba County. Get so, on the Raider. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nada, was there anything else from yesterday that you saw, either from Mitch Kupchak, James Borrego, maybe even Terry Rozier earlier today, that you found particularly noteworthy throughout this process, whether it was um, 
you know, some of the things that they were discussing, you know, kind of attacking this off season and how ready they are for the playoffs, you know, and just to kind of bounce some ideas off you and unless you have something different, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that I kind of rolled my eyes at a little bit now it's, you know, Mitch Kupchak saying we're going to continue to build this team through savvy trades and, you know, through the draft. And it's like, okay, what yeah. you've done is you have completely ruined all of that with Gordon hall pass. Well, and well, I don't know how many hall passes you get, Nada. you well, know, like, I mean, well, I don't know how many times, I can believe you after you go out and sign Gordon Hayward. Did, did you kind of like roll your eyes with that comment or were you like, all right, Mitch, no, I feel you on that. He's getting the benefit of the doubt because of literally 18 months of work. That's why he's getting his, the benefit of the doubt for at least for me, he's getting the benefit of the doubt where I don't, because the thing is, and this is something that I know Rick brought up on the wake up call with you guys today is that, the Hornets are one of two teams that actually have cap space. The other is the Knicks. The Horn, And if we're talking about teams that are probably going to call you, they're probably going to call Charlotte before they call New York. I would point out that having that $4 million in space and then on top of that having the 4.5 mid-level to use is going to make things very, very interesting going down the line and up to the trade deadline because – there's still a lot of pieces that don't necessarily fit on this roster. This roster is not streamlined yet. So I can still still see them make savvy trades. It may co- come at the cost of fan favorites. It may come at the cost of Terry Rozier for all we know. But all I know is that at this point, if that means – and also the 14 guys on the roster, which is something that I know Rick has also pointed out, there's an extra spot on this roster. So I do think that at some point when we, when we have discussions going down in the season – who goes, who stays, this, that, and the third. If you have a free roster spot, that also means at some point that you can be a spot where you can stash a contract and take a couple, take on a couple of picks. So I des- I don't necessarily don't believe him. Just because of that one move that he's done doesn't mean that he still can't do other moves, especially with 20 not, 27 to $29 million in cap space going forward for the next season. So I'm not going to say I don't believe him. I'm going to say it's kind of hard to believe him at this point, but I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. Um, and also, you know, again, we just talked about the playoff thing, both Borrego and Cupcheck, they dodged that. And you see the projections from ESPN or really any network. We talked about the action network kind of having them still on the outside looking in. They're going to be this 11th ranked, 10th ranked team by most projections. And so, um, you know, we'll see. I, I don't find any problem with, you know, Mitch and, and James Brago just kind of giving you coach speak on that. Some loose ends I want to tie up real quickly with some information coming in the last couple of days about the Hornets, their cap space, their signings. Um, and all of that. Nick Batum officially did join the Los Angeles Clippers and uh, the Hornets get a little bit of relief with his signing Mm -hmm. with LA. So Bobby March put this out there. The Hornets will get a $559,528 set off against his contract. The Mm -hmm. amount will get divided. That's 186,509 and deducted from the next three seasons, which makes it 8.856 million on the stretch. So a little bit of relief, yeah. not really all that much. Um, that leaves the Charlotte Hornets with $4.1 million of cap space. And Charlotte used the uh, room that they had 
on um there's still 4.8 uh million that they have room at the mid-level available once the cap space is used but yeah. charlotte used their room on bismack biombo which you got the details on that that's a one-year 3.5 million dollar deal totally completely fine yeah. nick richards the second round pick that they traded for he's going to be earning 1 million on this contract a year and uh, vernon carey of course, signing that four-year deal, $1.5 million a year. And I believe that fourth year is a team option, if I'm not mistaken, when I saw that. Yeah, not, so, it is a team option. Um, I do go. think this I do think this was uh, like literally the only non-savvy move that the Hornets made this year might be the Gordon Hayward. And even then, from a basketball perspective, he fits. You just had to pay the cost. You had to pay the price for that roster development. So I, this is kind of why I don't necessarily mind about all the moves that they've made because for better or worse, they kind of make sense. Well, I mean, yeah, everything, you know, everything outside of Gordon and the, and I say everything with, because they're all so minor, but yeah, Gordon Hayward, we certainly disagreed with and the Nick Batum wave and stretch. We certainly disagreed with, even with some of the things that they were up against, um, you know, whether sending Terry, Cody, you know, whatever, um, yeah, like the, these things are fine. Like, you know, Bismack bringing him, you know, decent move, whatever, 3.5, totally cool. And then getting your second round picks locked in to see if they're actually going to be anything, you know, totally cool there as well. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show. We always really, truly appreciate it. Plenty more comp, uh, content coming up. PJ Washington, Devontae Graham, they'll speak with the media later this afternoon. We can talk about those comments tomorrow as well as James Borrego, his role in all of this. Something I asked Rick, does he have more pressure on? of this season because they might be expected to win some more games. When you get somebody 30 million a year, you might be expected to win more games. How much pressure is truly on James Borrego? We'll talk about that tomorrow as well. Now make sure you tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We will be back with you.